The Mixtape Tour comes to Albury, New South Wales. Rewind 80s plays live at the Albury Entertainment Centre Saturday, May the 8th, 2021. With all the greaties from the 80s, tickets go on sale this Friday the 15th of Jan. There's an early bird special this week, so get out your lycra, your leg warmers. It's on like Donkey Kong. Tickets are going out cheap, cheap. Ticket sales, www.albreyentertainmentcenter.com.au. We'll see you there. Rewind 80s and the Mixtape Tour. Jay Jovi all the way from Cairns, Queensland again. How you going, guys? I'm still up north. This is Jay Jovi. This is the 80s montage, of course. How are you? Everyone around the world. How's things out there, guys, all around Australia and all around the world? How's your holiday Fantastic. going, babe? It's pretty cool. I'm having a I'm having a good rest. I went fishing yesterday out on a fishing charter. Did you catch any fishies? I caught a few. I caught a few. What, did you catch some crabs? Was it? Yeah, yeah, caught a few crabs. <laughs> but uh, special, special cream should oh, fix that up. It was up. big in the 80s to catch crabs, wasn't it? It was. It was big in the 90s and the <laughs> noughties as well, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that would How be good. How are you, Sammy Hardon? Good, what, honey. What's going honey? On today? Oh, look, you know what? It was 40 degrees here or something yesterday. Shit, And all it? I did was artwork because we've announced Albury, so all I did yesterday was like different sizes of artwork with the girl that works with us. And, yeah. um it was stinking hot and everything, but I was also watching this fantastic show we're going to talk about last night while I was doing the housework. Sweet and Sour from the ABC. Oh. What a fantastic show. Did it still stand up for you when you had a look back at it? I I really felt that the first episode stood up. I thought, oh, this is like a film. It's sort of, you know, paced Paced sort of like a film, like where where they they sort of linger on things for a bit longer. And I thought, fuck, this is this is actually awesome. It's a really beautiful little slice of life. A life like it wasn't one thing about TV. It's really really heavy on the dialogue. Mm. And a different thing about film, they give it a bit of space, and you can see people sort of doing nothing or having a quiet moment, and all of that's part of the story, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, as it sort of um, as it sort of moved along, I thought, oh yeah, this is like this feels like an '80s TV show now. So, but look, I love it. I loved this show back when it was on TV in '84, and I love it. Uh, you know, I love it now. It's always stuck with me. 
Oh, yeah. This was the life we didn't know about. You know what I mean? We wanted to be musicians and the synopsis is where this band in Sydney, this group of people get together and they start a band and they live in a warehouse together and then and they just go through the musician stuff uh, over the next, what is it, 20 episodes and some of it's just so spot on and some yeah. of it is a little bit out there but, I mean, it was written by musicians and an, am- right. an amazing musicians and everyone in the Australian music industry was involved in this somehow. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's sort of, uh, you know, this series only went for one season. It only went for 20 episodes, which which I think, um, look, great, great that ABC did sort of jump behind this kind of story because they've always been really supportive of Australian music. But I also think, like, what a missed opportunity that they didn't sort of keep this going because um, – the show itself is like a, a little microcosm of, of Australian uh, actors and musicians. Absolutely. And like a lot of the people working on this, um, it was, you know, it was like their first or second big gig and they would then go on to do like awesome, awesome things in, in the industry. So we're just going to look at a little bit of that uh, this episode and um, hopefully encourage people to go out and watch it as well. Absolutely. So uh, it does start at the start where Martin, who's played by David Rain. Shall is, I whisk through the, the characters? Yeah, do it, babe. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be great. All right. So you've got um, um, – it's, it's it's an ensemble cast, but you've got uh, Tracy Mann playing Carol and mm-hmm. she is a singer. Uh, you've got David Rain um, playing Martin. He's the guitarist. Mm-hmm. Rick Herbert. Playing Daryl. Daryl, that's a name you don't hear of anymore, is it? That's right. Very 80s name, Daryl. Now, Daryl's like an impresario. He sort of gets things happening and pulls them all together, I guess. And he ends up being their manager and and videographer for a little while. But he's sort of, he's... he's, Mover and a shaker. Yeah, mover and a shaker. Very tiring to watch sometimes, you know. Absolutely. I would have fucking relaxed. I would have clubbed him to death initially. Yeah, yeah. um, (laughs) In in real life, yeah, yeah. I know, right? um, You can see how they've sort of gone. You know, they've they've built him up into like a Chris Murphy, like a fast talker. Yes. You know, mover and shaker. Got his finger in like hundred different pies, and I can see that. But you know, in reality, if it was around me, probably wouldn't have lived. To tell the tale. Yeah, <laughs> and also um, there's a shot of him at his desk where he has Malcolm McLaren on top of his own photo. So oh, he aspired yeah. to be this amazing producer. Yeah. So just the yeah. little things like that that you see in the show and you go, oh my God, how funny, you know? But keep yeah, going. Sorry, touches. honey. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra Lillingston played Christine on the She's facts. a cutie. Yeah, she was gorgeous. She went on to do heaps of stuff as well. I mean, they all did these guys. Right. Archie Michaels uh, played George. Georges. 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 Uh, who played bass for a little while. Archie, Archie was my favourite, really. Yeah. And that dancing that he does in the intro, oh. isn't that some of the woggiest dancing fucking you've ever seen, mate? Fucking greatest dancing on the planet, mate. <laughs> he was a hip wog, hip wog. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, and and it yeah. was great because he he was a real dag in the show, but he was probably the best mover. He looked yeah. like a trained dancer to me. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. Mm. Oh, he's, he's he's from the Mediterranean basin, baby. He's got it in the maybe, blood. You maybe know? he went to Bartuccio's in the eighties. He could have, mm. yeah. Could so have seen him at Bart's if he was lucky. 
Um, and look, later, and these guys feature in the, you know, all these guys feature in the title sequence. Uh, they play in a band called The Takeaways. Yeah. And this whole series is about uh, the build-up to this band forming and them sort of moving on to a little bit of success. Um, and I won't blow the end. I won't say what happens just in case people want to go out and watch. Absolutely. And just to, yeah. to let our people know, it'll be in our notes so you can find this show and sit there and watch it. It's from Fuck 1983, yeah. 1984. I think it's 1984. And uh, it's just, it takes you back to Melbourne. Uh, sorry, Sydney, Australia. They do go to Melbourne and tour though, which is really cool. They tour to Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, they do. They did a they, tour. They probably... They probably should have started in Melbourne and toured That's to Sydney, right. you know. <laughs> Even though as a kid, Sydney to me was bigger than Jesus. Like I always oh, wanted yeah. to work in Sydney as a muso. Like it was such a great fucking atmosphere in Sydney. I felt it as soon as I landed, you know, we went on a holiday there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sydney was before any of the other cities got too big. Sydney was Australia's international city. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Before any of the others. Um, everybody knew the Opera House, everybody knew the um, Sydney Harbour Bridge and um, so Sydney seemed like New York to us, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, this, now keep going. Go Sorry, on. sweetie. No, you go for it. I just was going to say they did have a drummer. <laughs> I thought this was funny yeah, as well. Yeah. They did have a drummer who came in halfway through the series. Oh, as they do. A dude do. called Robin Cop, who played Johnny the drummer. He probably would have got clubbed by me as well, you know. He like the, the, reminds me of Animal, a blonde-headed uh, animal from say, uh, Saturday, what's it called? God. Yeah, yeah, um, Animal from Bloody hey, the hey. Muppets. Hey, hey, Had a, oh. was it not Animal? Was it Animal? Animals from the Muppets. Okay, well, what was the He's, drummer called on Hey, Hey, It's Saturday with the black hair? The oh, fucking fuck, one with I the glasses remember. on. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, radio. <laughs> he just reminded me of a blonde version of him. His character, because his character, I felt was a little bit of a, a cookie cutter, like bit of a stereotype of a dumb, sort of just wacky drummer, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah whereas yeah. I felt the other characters were really, really fleshed out. But um, um, yeah, I thought it funny that they used a drum machine right up until sort of you know they started things started happening for them, and they were like, no, yeah, all right, we'll get a drummer. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, because that was Martin's mate. And yes, he was in yes. the first band with Martin, the That's one he left right. at the start. Yeah, was it the Lone yeah. Sharks? Is that what they were called? The Gummy Sharks no, or the that, Lone something Sharks? Something like that. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. The guy in that front, the front guy in that band was a guy from the Runners, a band, a crazy ah. band called the Runners. Oh, and I uh, about him. he, because yeah, exactly, because you see him and you go, I know that face, man. Because yeah. there were a lot of underground Sydney players and, and bands that you knew the face but you couldn't right. pitch because it was an undercurrent sort of scene as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they'd re- like they, um, you know, the people working on the sound and the other thing is the soundtrack, babe. Yeah. The soundtrack to this show was fucking great. They really did, um, it could have even been the first time on, on Aussie TV that a TV show was was released with the soundtrack and they were sort of like a um, like released concurrently, you know what I mean? It's it's sort of they worked really, really hard on the soundtrack as well. Um, they had heaps of musos and writers working on that soundtrack and they had heaps of those those musos in the show, like playing, 
you know, extras or walk-on roles and stuff. And they, they had a lot of cameos as well. I would have killed to be in this fucking show. Fuck yeah, absolutely. But I was yeah, too young totally. and you would have been even younger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to... I used to <laughs> I used to watch this. Um, you know, I was a little kid on a farm and I used to watch this on the ABC. Loved it, loved it so much. But it sort of used to scare me, that whole city world yes. and music and you yes. know, I was terrified but compelled, you know. I loved yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Now and then the, I go to, to live it. Absolutely yeah, well that's right. And <laughs> and it's it's not Far from the truth. That's the thing. This show is on the money sometimes and then it's a little bit far-fetched. But even the relationships with the people in the band and then when they get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, the dynamics change. That shit is so what happens in the music industry and it's really hard to control your band when pussy or dick gets involved. That's what I'm yeah, going to say, right? exactly, exactly. The, the one thing that I really picked up from this show is as soon as you start getting momentum as a band, fucking everyone comes in That's and right. they've all got their two cents worth and, and they're all trying to pull them apart. This was another thing as well. That's um, right. You know, at at first, all of their families um, are not really in support, and then they and then the families jump on board. But in the meantime, all the other hangers on are sort of trying to encourage them to go solo, trying trying to get them to sort of break free and do other stuff. And and that I found really authentic. You know, all the all the pushing and pulling. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. just the dynamic can change so much when, I mean, Martin and Carol, the, the lead singer and the guitarist, there's an organic sort of sexual tension there with them throughout the whole series. Yeah. Uh, that Christine sort of thinks she can get into Martin's pants but that's never going to happen because she sort of mini stalks him at the start, remember? She so does, she, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's so a bit she, she gets a bit obsessed and wants to, you know, wear his guitar picks his earrings and, and then he... Yeah pulls her aside and says, man, if you want to hang out, you're going to have to listen to my music, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't mind James Rain in this. I thought he played this character really well. I've actually lived with guitarists that all they do all day is play their fucking guitar. Oh, yeah, And sit absolutely. there and just, you know what I mean? And it yeah, was a very yeah, – yeah. and, and they don't say much and they're very cool and they just say the fucking truth to your face yeah, and you've got yeah. to take it, you know. He, yeah, he was actually yeah, yeah. a really good character. It was a good detail that he was the only sort of established muso out of the band was that um, – uh, Martin was the only That's established right. character, and they they all sort of gravi- gravitated around him. You know, I he thought was that their was protection really nice shield. Touch. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. He sort of brought them cred. You know, yeah, so really f- great. I loved it. Oh yeah, look, I watched. I think I watched it twice through. I've even been writing to people on Instagram. My friend Belinda going, "Oh, I'm watching it at the moment," and everyone Fantastic. says the right thing. Now, just in case the ABC is listening, we are APRA endorsed, so you'll get paid for the fucking songs because I know what the ABC are like. Um, talking about the musicians now, the thing that I loved about this show, a lot of females were involved in it. The writers, the songwriters, there was a a heap of females, which works as well because it became quite emotional in areas and I don't think they would have tapped into that without a female muso and and knowing how it feels, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, um, look, they've got some – People, you know the, the the creative team behind this, and and the women who sort of pushed this show as well. 
they they are like pivotal to the industry as well. So we, we do you, should we talk about the creative team a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've got a couple of the songs. Like my favourite artist of all time is uh, Sharon O'Neill. Like, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, oh, awesome, yeah. awesome. So Sharon O'Neill to me is like she was like an early Madonna, and yeah. and. She was a fantastic New Zealand artist and had such success in New Zealand. Now, during this time that they're doing this show, she was under a recording contract and couldn't record with anything or do anything because she had to break the call. Like she had five years of a contract. So she couldn't work and sell her own music at all. So this came along and she started writing for this. And I think it's a great story because if – one thing scared of scared me in the industry was knowing that Sharon O'Neill had been treated like that with a record company. Even as a little girl, I went, oh, fuck, that's pretty heavy. I don't know whether I want to do music if that shit happens because she probably got treated the fucking worst in this country or, you know, she- CBS, you know. Oh, I didn't know about any of that well, um, yeah. recording company stuff. Yeah, wow. so she couldn't record. I don't even – I think one year she couldn't even pick up a countdown award because she couldn't even be acknowledged with stuff. But they kept putting out compilations of her records and they even put out a compilation with fucking Colette. So one side was Colette who's fucking useless, bloody, you know – I feel like uh, ring my bell. And then the other side was Sharon O'Neill. So they just tried to flog – Sharon O'Neill, <laughs> while she was in her contract still, was right. fucked up. But she wrote uh, Sweet and Sour, the main theme. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Martin Amagia, I think his name is. Yeah. And it's just incredible. It's a great song. You Have you mentioned her song, Maxine? Well, I've got it here to play. I was going to play it for our punters because I think Maxine is her biggest single that she had. And yeah. It's the fucking one of my favourite all-time songs. Fantastic. You know what I mean? So let's have yeah. a listen to Maxine and go – and you'll hear the the songwriting, sort of the, the same thing with her songwriting to what you hear in uh, Sweet and Sour. So let's have Sweet a listen. Case one three five two. Red what a fucking and green tattoo. Oh, one of my all-time favourite tracks about a prostitute for everyone overseas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sharon O'Neill used to live in Sydney and gig in Sydney, and she'd come home and see this girl Maxine 
prostituting herself at 3am and she just wrote a song about her and yeah. it's the fucking best video, the best song. We'll put it in our notes. It, yeah. it's, it's just one of those songs that you go, oh, what a story, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really beautiful, really story-driven and um, beautifully sung as well. She's got a beautiful oh, voice. Incredible singer. Do you know yeah, if I used was, to love this song. If they did a biopic on Max on uh, Sharon O'Neill, you know who could play her? That fucking who? Sammy Jade chick. She looks exactly the oh, same. Yeah, Samantha Jade. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the fucking same. If you put shorten her, yeah, shortened yeah, her hair. Yeah, put a shag cut on Samantha Jade and right? away you go. There you go. I mean, that's yeah. us being modern, but yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, but I love. I mean, Maxine is such a prostitute's name as well. <clears throat> Yeah. And in saying that, I used to hang out with Maxine lunches and dinners. I've told you this story, haven't I? Maxine lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? So Maxine <laughs> used to be a mate of mine who does lunches. Maxine Schnitz and Tits, Schnitz yeah? and Tits. I don't know. She's got a venue in Brunswick or somewhere. Anyway, she asked me to do some topless waitering. This was just part of my fucking life. And I went, oh, Maxine, I can't. Yeah, but you got great tits. I said, yeah, but I don't want to fucking serve pancakes with my tits out, mate. I've got more fucking – I can't do that. And she goes, no, Sammy, come on. The money's good. She used to try and talk me into it all the time. Oh, you, anyway. you can just work at the bar, Sammy. Right? So we used to go down and video our shows for her. Yeah. Um, and this is where I got – when the chicks used to balance on the witch's hat, they'd sit on the witch's hat and spin around <laughs> naked and she'd come out and go, well, they're not young. But they're really good at what they do, right? And that's where I got, well, they're not young from. Oh, my God. So I've been filming this show fucking pissing myself laughing. She comes in to pick up the video from this uh, Bill's office, the photographer, because Bill used to do her stuff, you know. And yeah. uh, Bill would go, go on, Sammy, do Maxine, do it, do it, do it. Tell the show it, show us how you do Maxine. So I went... All right, Maxine's lunches and dinners. Today we've got Roxanne, the fucking slinger dinger, and she's not young. She's going to do this show. And she looked at me like I'd killed her mother. Oh, no. She just looked at me like I killed her mother because I was taking her off so fucking. You know when you you take some people off to their face and it either goes down really well it, oh, that's really right. Well, you don't. <laughs> so, Maxine, you don't fucking tell her. I haven't seen her for years, but she was like part of fucking Australian history as well. God, yeah. Anyone from Melbourne would remember Maxine's and she would have billboards everywhere. And it was a schnitz and tits. So, you could go to um, go and grab a, uh, a Palmer and get served by a topless waitress. That's right. <laughs> That's everything you want in one go. Every businessman in the 80s were there after work, mate, I can tell you. Absolutely. They were there having a beer and some shits. In fact, I call schnitz, schnitz and tits now, the the, the other thing. (laughs) Where you going, schnitz and tits, and the young kids don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Get on, Maxine. Yeah, love it. Now, do you mind if I go on to some of the other creative teams? Fucking oath. Now, the show itself was created by Tim Gooding and That's Joanna right. Peake. Yeah, yeah. They were in a band together called XL Capri. That's right. And, um, you know, they've obviously sort of written the, written the treatment of this show. They filmed a little pilot. The pilot uh, was filmed in an old warehouse in Piermont in Sydney and um, it had Terry Serio and, and uh, what's her name again? Not D Smith, but um, 
I'll come back to it. I'll remember in a second. Anyway, um, they loved it. ABC loved it. And they were like, great, great. They loved all the ideas. They were all very young, this group. Um, and they were really sort of supporting them. Now, uh, Joanna Piggott and Tim Gooding, they were sort of obviously writing about their recollections of being in a band together. Um, they were also in a band with Todd Hunter. Todd That's Hunter right. was, yeah, Todd Hunter would go on to be in Dragon with Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter's his brother, yeah? Yeah, yeah, they, that's right. Yeah. So everyone would know Dragon, of course. Now, um, Todd Hunter and Joanna Piggott wrote Rain, that's which is right. Dragon's biggest hit, and we still do it in our band, Rewind 80s. And they also wrote Age of Reason for John Farnham. Yes. Um, she's a, you know, they're um, fantastic writers, especially Joanna Piggott. Uh, Joanna and Tim would also write Heartbreak High as well. Um, I'm going to mention a few shows here, and when when I get to the end, you'll look back and you'll see how they're sort of all connected all by, by mm. theme and feeling. Mm. Um, now, amongst the writers of the show, like as well, you know, it was um, – you know, created by Tim Gooding and Joanna Piggott, but the the um, obviously the ABC got sort of other writers on board and to, to flesh it, flesh the story out as a series. Amongst those writers were Forrest Redlich. Now, Forrest Redlich would go on to create E Street. Wow. Um, e, the, e, the E Street formula is very much like this one. Yes. The E Street's probably got. Um, more drama to it and focuses more on the peripheral characters. But in terms of, um, I guess, it's it being sort of set in the city and circulating around music and also sort of, um, re- you know, the show itself releasing that music as, you know, a, ma- a proper mainstream release, E Street and um, you can see that absolutely how E Street grew out of this. And there was know? a muso um, in E Street as well. Remember the saxophone player? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Did, yeah, yeah. That was sort of a similar story in there. But so many people, you know, so E Street um, launched the careers of so many young musos as well. Mm. Um, Tony um, Perrin? Oh, he, Tony Perrin, Melissa Couts, bloody euphoria like all of those guys and they're all um they're all produced by Forrest Redlich as well so another writer on on uh, sweet and sour was Deborah Oswald Deborah Oswald would go on to be the main writer of offspring yes i She's read the head this of yeah. have you met deborah yes, yes i have oh yeah. wow yeah yeah. Now, if you look all at all of those shows, um, Offspring, yep. East Street, Heartbreak High, Sweet and Sour, they're all set in the city, like right in the city. They all have sort of big um, elements of music and music being uh, a very central force within those and mm. they're all sort of about youth, I guess. And offspring to a lesser extent, and mm-hmm. I'm not just being a bitch by saying that, but, but um, <laughs> it's, they're not young. But, um, yeah, they're it's not sort of young? They're, yeah, they're very similar. They could all sort of be in the same universe, you know. They're, they're, um, you, you can see what a massive sort of impact this show had on, on all those sort of creative people because they would, they would sort of go on to um, – produce stuff that was uh, very similar. And speaking of producers, the producer of Sweet and Sour was Jan Chapman. 
Jen Chapman's probably the biggest success story out of this. This would be her first uh, TV production that she would produce. She would then go on to do films predominantly. Um, You would know, love. Yeah, yeah. Mm. She was nominated for an Oscar for the piano. Mm. Um, I loved the piano as well when it came out. I saw that in my teens. Uh, Love Serenade as well. And also Lantana. So she is, um, you know, she's a very big name in, um, in, within Australian films. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it, the history behind this show is incredible. Yeah. Because even the musicians, like the first episode, we see people like Renee Geyer. She works on the train and she yep. meets Carol and Mark Hunter plays the goon that, pay, you know, works for the um, record company. Glenn Shorrick's in there. Christina Amphlett is in series eight. She's yeah, in, she doesn't say right. much. And yeah. uh, just so many cameos. The guy from The Reels. Every Kirk th- Pengilly as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there must have been a lot of money thrown at it, or everyone just wanted to get on board. I'm, I can't work out which is which. Well, it was ABC, and so mm. um, the ABC, if you don't know this, um, listeners from overseas, ABC is a, basically a government-funded uh, TV channel. Mm-hmm. So they sort of operate on a shoestring. You know, they've got a very small budget. They have to be very resourceful. And so, um, you know, they, ABC was known for if you did something on this show here, you would also sort of go across to other shows to help promote your show and help lift other productions, you know. So this um, Sweet and Sour was very closely linked to Countdown. Um, they, they remember they even didn't um, the takeaways did an appearance they on did. Countdown. Remember? They did. They were part of Countdown. Didn't Grant Rule or Grant Rule actually green light this show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so right. he, it was definitely in, uh, endorsed by Countdown as well, and I think Molly's in a scene as well. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely. right. But it's they have incredible. a meeting with Molly, don't they? Yeah. But maybe yeah. we'll just uh, play a little bit of music from the show. This is um, my all-time favourite track of the show. Mm-hmm. It's by, also by Sharon O'Neill, written by her, and it's called Glam to Wham, and I'm just going to play this for everyone to have a listen to because it will bring back such beautiful memories. Here we go. <laughs> Deborah Conway on the vocals. Absolutely. 
Yeah, like she's yeah. fucking incredible. And I think this is why Deborah was involved because of the Sharon O'Neill recording thing. She ah. couldn't record anything. And yeah. they do try and make her sound a little bit like Sharon O'Neill in that track. Yeah. Because if yeah. you listen closely, you can hear Sharon. I'm sure Sharon's in the background, but it just, it's not your usual uh, Deborah Conway sound. No, that's right. Yeah. Just in now, that track. I, yeah, yeah. Um, Deborah Conway would, of course, provide the the singing voice for Tracy Mann's character, Carol. So whenever Carol is singing in the show, it's like actually Deborah Conway's voice and it's Deborah Conway's voice on uh, most of their uh, releases. That's right. So yeah. I was going to ask whether you want to play a little bit of uh, Do Re Mi, Deborah Conway. Fuck yeah, uh, always. My, my favourite fucking lyric of all time is your pubic hairs are on my pillow. So I thought I'd give I thought I'd give us a bit of pubic hairs on the pillow. So I'll give that a whirl. This is so this is Deborah Conway in her original band, Do Re Me, who was from were they from Melbourne originally? Do Re Me? I, be, I believe so. I think she was. All right, let's mm. let's have a listen. There you go. She'd Fantastic. be. She'd she be is a, indeed from Melbourne. Yeah, she'd be a bad breakup, wouldn't she? The old Deborah. You would know about it oh, if you were hurt. Oh fuck! You'd have your cock cut off before you fucking blinked. <laughs> I just love it. It's so intense. Like that yeah. was the thing in the eighties. And you see the thread, even with all the musos in this show. Mm. There's something that threads them all together is this honesty and this fucking different way of looking at shit. Yeah. Like I yeah, always right. wanted to live in a warehouse and find a pubic hair on my pillow and it never happened. Because how would <laughs> you get it on time. there? Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> you reckon? You know, if, it, if that's your dream, you go out and chase it, baby. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do it. Watch me fly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Uh, it might be time to um, write a second series for this and, and sort of set it set it in today. Or relaunch it. Yeah, absolutely. You could relaunch um, the whole script. Oh, yeah, you totally could. Yeah, absolutely could. Now, um, another fun fact about mm-hmm. this show mm-hmm. is um, we mentioned before all the musos who had worked on the soundtrack, uh, on the soundtrack, and also just generally on the creation of the show, um, a guy called John Clifforth, Clifforth or Clifforth, I don't know, was uh, David Rain's singing voice, which I find weird because David Rain can sing. Yeah, that's and right. Did, did provide backing vocals to some of the tracks, so I think that's sort of strange considering his, his brother James Rain is, you know, one of the biggest. Names in Aussie music, but anyway, yeah. So, so John Clifford, um provided the singing voice for for Martin. 
Uh, a couple of the people that worked on this, um, John Clifford was in um, a, a band called Deck Chairs Overboard. Yes. I believe they appeared in the show. Um, Kathy McQuaid provided the singing voice for Sandra Lillingston, which is also weird because she can also sing. Um, she was can, also. Kav- can you Kathy tell me what Sandra's done? Overboard. I really, I'm, I'm, I want to know what Sandra's oh, done. Yeah, shit, let me know. Heaps yeah, because I'm interested. Because I thought she, she reminds me of our Dallas. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what I mean? you heaps could, and heaps. Yeah, She's got could, a face that sort of goes right through. Um, yeah, she yeah. had a little role in. Um, uh, she was on East. Uh, sorry, she was on Home and Away. She was in a country practice as well. Really? Um, but yeah, yeah. For years and years, she was on um, um, Bananas and Pajamas, or, or for a little while, she 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 um, hosted that, like on um, on the ABC as well. well they're always um, good gigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a I've got a feeling that she did play school as well. This is another thing about the ABC. Ah, you might is a be lot right. of the performers, yeah, a lot of the actors and musos and stuff, they sort of got them an extra gig because, um, you know, musos can always do with a, a, a little extra income. They they would get them doing play school just for one or two episodes. True. And I'm, it's, it's, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm pretty sure she hosted play school. I think I, can, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I would have found that very exciting as a kid. But oh, um, gotcha. she had a little role in Mad Max Thunderdome, Beyond Thunderdome as well. Fantastic. She was, yeah, yeah. So she's done sort of bits and pieces. You would know her from, um, you would know her from pl- probably Home and Away. That sort of, you know, blo- she she's got the same hair and everything. Short hair. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. The, the short blonde hair. Um, but, you, yeah, you would probably know her from um, Home and Away. She was in Home and Away in 88. So, um, See, I didn't yeah, watch, she's cool. I didn't watch Home and Away. But um, yeah. I, the best thing about her was her laugh. Her laugh yes. is the best fucking thing, you know. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. oh, I want to laugh like Christine, you know. <laughs> she's got a beautiful sort of sweet sensibility as well. She's got a um, really nice quality. And I loved, I loved Tracy Mann as well oh, who, who played uh, Carol the sort of – yeah, yeah. Tracy Mann um, was a superstar. Yeah, I tried to get an interview uh, with her, but she must still be on holidays. Oh. Um, she's, a, she's a beautiful actress. She lives in Adelaide now. Oh. Um, Tracy Mann was in Prisoner, Country Practice, um, Home and Away, uh, Good Guys, Bad Guys, Flying Doctors, Kingswood Country, wow. Janus. Um, she worked with somebody I know knew on the show Janus. And, um, oh, you know, All Saints, the list goes on. But it was actually in, in Janus that she discovered Buddhism and she's now a Buddhist. Well, that um, would suit her. Yeah, it would. Yeah. She has a very sort of earthy, um, calming quality about her. And, and um, um, oh, you know, I would have loved to have talked to her as part of this show, but who knows, we, we um, might be able to do it down the track. She's probably on holidays and... Isn't uh, checking your emails at the moment, but yeah, um, yeah never mind. I love oh. her. She's she's brilliant. Oh, a gorgeous girl! And you even really believed that she was the fashion designer of the show as well, like because she yeah. comes in as a fashion designer, and you think, God, she's so stylish. And because short hair wasn't real big in this 
sort of time either. Like no, they really no, went with the short hair look. And I know Joanna Piggott was a redheaded sort of bob haircut and she was like a like a post-punk kind of chick. But yeah. the girls didn't the, – the girls and the way they looked was quite unique compared to what you would have assumed they would have used. That's right, yeah. They were very forward, especially sort of when um, Tracy Mann – as the as the band gets bigger, she they they sort of you know they're styling themselves, and she sort of shaves the sides, and she's got the big sort of buffy sort of top and back, um, yeah. falling forward. But she she shaved like one side. I thought that was awesome. Now, do you want to play your track that you wanted me to to uh, put down for you? Yeah, well, yeah, go for it, Mum. I've forgotten what I asked. Party on wheels. That's right. Hit me with it. track fantastic great track that one um the lead vocal you can hear that there that's um uh john clifford who used to do martin's martin's sort of singing vocals yeah um the the guys who wrote this this is really this is why i've asked for this it's cool cool track um the guys who wrote party on wheels chris bailey uh, Callahan and G. Bidstrup, they they are all in Ganga Jam. Now this would be this show is where they would meet um, uh, Mark Callahan, Graham Bidstrup, and uh, Chris Bailey. Yeah, Chris Bailey was this, in the Saints as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. love him. He's as funny as shit. Yeah, yeah. He's so funny and witty. Like when you see him on Australian Made, he's the yeah, funniest yeah, yeah. shit. Out, you know. <laughs> yeah, they um they would yeah meet meet doing this show and go on to form Ganga Jang. Everybody would know Ganga Jang, of course, from the song "Sounds of Then," also known as "This Is Australia." Out really on huge the patio track. We sit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one. good when you're pissed. That track. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is Australia. Yeah, but of course you put Australia in the title, you're fucking set for life. And you've got all the bogans playing it forever, mate. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that song would come out in December 85, um, but it became really big. They used it in the 90s in a Coke ad. Remember yep, that? We yep. talked about that before. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, um, in about, oh, God, I thought it was about sort of, early to mid-90s, uh, it was in a Coke ad. And, um, yeah, re- great song, really, really cool song. So, yeah, you can see how the creative team of this show um, went on and sort of kept kept producing and kept releasing and, and being prolific within the industry. I love it. Incredible. And, and yeah. the thing is 
you could talk about this show for weeks because the more you look into it, the more you find as well. Like you go, that's oh, my right. God, that's who that is. And like, you know, Eric McCusker uh, wrote a song that um, – you know, I worked with Eric in bands from Mondo Rock and I think his song was um, Good Times. What was the song? Oh, oh that was on the, su- the, on soundtrack. the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eric wrote that. Um, yeah. I don't want to touch my phone because I'm on the phone to you and I don't want it to <laughs> hang up. But yeah. uh, uh, good advice. Good advice. Good uh, advice. Yeah. Which you can hear Mondo Rock in that. You know, yeah. uh, na, 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 dun, na, 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 like you can you can just hear it, and uh, yeah. I thought that was incredible. So the more you look into this, you go, "Fucking hell, who else is involved?" Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the the soundtrack itself, uh, when it was released, was very very popular. Its peak position was number four, wow. which was fantastic. The which Australian, is, the Australian chart hard in those days compared totally, with you absolutely, know, mm. yeah. Um, so the song Sweet and Sour, the single, would go to number 13. I don't have any stats for um, what's the main song? What's the big single? Sweet and Sour. Sweet and Sour. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the other one with um, – I was thinking of the other theme song that they used at the end of the show. Um, I think I've got Sweet and Sour here. Do you want to give it a whirl? Yes, please. All right, honey. Love it. What a fantastic song. I have to fight myself to, to not sing along as that's playing every single time. Absolutely. I just love it so much. I love so it too. So good. So that the was other the single, song, yeah. Yeah, the other song that I was thinking of is just called Sweet and that's the one Sweet. that plays at the end. Yeah, Sweet. and that yeah, was right. written by that was written by the, the dudes who wrote the show, um, Joanna Pickett and Todd Hunter. Oh, sorry, Todd Hunter and Joanna Pickett, of course, that created it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I love Sweet and Sour. You can hear Deborah Conway's voice there. It's so bloody, um, it's so iconic, that song. It's just awesome. And I love how in the show itself um, you could see in the first couple of episodes them building up to this. Like, um, you know, you'd have sort of Carol's character in the shops and she hears the two women, have, you know, musing yeah. about life. And she's like, oh, fuck, that, that, you know, lyrically that's actually awesome. And she like, sort of writes down um, life can be sweet and sour. And, you know, I, I thought that was really, really Well, well that's that true. In, in a real world you would probably put sweet and sour as one of the last tracks they've written but they get right into it in about the second or third 
episode, yeah. you're right, which yeah, really right. works because it's like they can go anywhere from there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny also how they sort of get um, Archie into the band, how they get George, the, the character of George, into the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, because George used in the show, George's character – um, was a big – he would go to all the gigs and That's dance. Right. That was his thing. He would sort of, you know, and he knew he knew of Martin from um, his, his uh, previous gigs with other bands mm. and um, he was just in awe of him. He just thought he was fucking fantastic. And sort of when um, when old mate, when the bloody um, – what's his name? Daryl. When Daryl's sort of pulling every, everybody together, he's trying to sort of form – a little unit, and he says to George, like, oh, jump it, you know, you can you can play bass. Come on, fucking give it a go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're, yeah. And they're all sort of encouraging him to, um, you know, they're trying to channel his enthusiasm in a way that will um, get him into the band because they need a, you know, rather than going out and finding a bass player, they're like, oh, fucking learn bass, go for it. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, I, yeah, fucking Jesus, I, it's not I easy. I thought that was funny. I thought that was, oh, yeah, you can just fucking – pick up an in- instrument and fucking off you go. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like <laughs> yeah, just, was- just play bass and then he's practising the bass. But it's funny because he was a fan and, and the thing that I loved about this as well is that you do see real music fans in this show at a pub and how it used to be. Nowadays people just want blood, sweat and tears, you know. Yeah, Because there's so yeah. much competition. It was more organic in these days where you didn't have Facebook or fucking whatever to get your band out there. So this was just people coming to you. They actually wanted to fucking live in your skin, you know. God, yeah, absolutely. And it was all sort of, you know, it was all sort of word, word of mouth and it was actually really exciting if you knew a muso and like, oh, wow, you know, a muso and they'd all, they'd, um, um, you know, if somebody had a gig on and be like, oh, fuck, we'll come and check it out. And, you know, yeah. it, it, um, it was actually exciting and, and uh, rare if you knew a muso. That's and, right, um, it you'd, was. You'd be only too happy to go and support them, you know, just in, in case you might uh, get to meet them after the show, you know, like how, how awesome. It really did sort of get a, get a sense of that, didn't it? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, this was part of my education watching this going, oh, does this really happen? Do men yeah. really get hooked up with crazies and fucking disappear from the band? Oh, yeah, they do. That's yeah, what happens. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Christine's love interest, the guy in the fucking psychosis, the guy. He did Rocky Horror Picture Show and I can't stop thinking of that when I yeah. see him in Sweet and Sour. Yeah, yeah. I cannot stop yeah. going, you're in Rocky Horror Picture Show, and he was really good in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was yeah, a lot like the sure. guy in the Rocky Horror movie. Yep. And he was Australian. I think he I think he was Australian. Maybe he came from England. But Oh, he was born in England, right. but he did a lot of his stuff here. Yeah, he, he, he was, sort of got his start here. I just remember going, Oh my god, that's a guy from Rocky Horror Picture Show. But yeah, um yeah. he was good and he played the love interest. Mm. And then Martin got with the crazy fucking hippie bloody pony in the bedroom chick. Yeah. And uh yeah. 
you know, you've met one of those chicks too, those fucking spiritual, oh, I'll change your life kind of chicks uh, and you just go, shut you know the what? fuck up. Normally, normally those people are the ones that want to fucking break everything That's up. That's right. And we know one of them and you know who Absolutely. I'm thinking about, right? Yeah. We fucking know telepathically who we're talking about. And yeah, if you're yeah. listening, you little cunt, you do too. <laughs> And they're all like fucking free love and tie-dye and shit. But deep underneath, (laughs) they're they're fucking plotting and scheming. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can't fucking handle that shit. I know. (laughs) Absolute fucking moles. They're fingering your boyfriend's ass in the background and it's like fucking Jesus. You know, and your boyfriend, I mean, it used to happen to Maddie and I'd be like, ah, fucking get away from the cunt, you know. (laughs) You've got to drag them, you know, because they don't know what. They're just so, so free and expressive. It's like, oh, you couldn't express your fucking vag. If they get in people's ear, you know what I mean? Mm. They're normally like that. They sort of, um, you know, whispering little little fucking things that, that may work for them but may, may be sort of very detrimental to other people. It's a very creepy kind of energy to have around actually. It's very creepy. So this, I can't remember her name in the show, but she's quite a well-known actress as well. Was it Charlie? Charlie was her name. That's right. Yeah. And Charlie, yeah. uh, you know, she had a fair light, remember? Oh, yeah, Charlie's yeah. got a fair light and she couldn't play it for shit, but she had one. <laughs> Charlie had a lot of money and, yeah. you know, there, there's your thing of, oh, well, Charlie's a little bit like her ma- the mother really, Martin's mum, yeah. who we yeah. tried to run away from because she did have money. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if Martin had a p- fucking opened his wallet, the fucking thing would have happened a lot quicker, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> fucking, yeah, just book a weekend at fucking exactly. Birdland or something exactly. and, and record your album and fucking there you go. Ah, but he wanted to be a fucking doll bludger, didn't he? Yeah. He, he also, Martin's character got to me a little bit as well. Yeah, like, no, you he know, does. I, I thought it was a very good characterisation. There was a lot of truth around it, especially when, you know, the media starts picking up on Carol and wanting her to, um, you know, picking her for interviews and photos and blah, 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 and Martin getting very jealous of it. Now, I've actually... That's a very authentic... It is. That's a very authentic quality. And I think I've got the part of the show that this happens in when they go for the interview. And Ah, remember when um, Christine says to... Carol, you know, what's what's up, what's happening? Because this used to happen a lot too when you were a lead singer as a female because we didn't see yeah. many females, you know, it was just starting to become normal and it yeah. was very different as well. You weren't looked at as a, as a muso, you were looked at as just a piece of fluff that sort of looked stylish, you know. Yeah, uh, but yeah. This is the part of the show where Carol gets quite concerned about the fact that she is a woman and yeah. this really tapped in onto a little young, you know, like young girl like me. Is yep. this really what it's like? It was quite scary but uh, I'll, we'll give this a whirl anyway. Well, well, what? Would you believe it's really happening? Raising me above everybody, I mean, you know. Yeah. I think it's because. 
because they rate me. I don't think it's because they think I've got this terrific voice and this dazzling personality and they can see a star in the making. And I don't know, you're supposed to say you should have got a terrific voice. <laughs> you have, you have. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, then what do you think of you? <laughs> when they look at Martin, they see a musician. But when they look at me, they see a girl. Did you feel that? There you go. That was good, wasn't it? Are you there, honey? Hello? I've lost you. That sucks. Hang on. I'm just going to ring Jay Jovi back, everyone, because we've just lost him. Maybe... The phone died. I knew that would happen. So welcome to the 80s montage. This is a live show and we're recording from Queensland tonight. I'm just going to try. Okay, mobile, mobile. The battery's gone flat. I said to him before the show, everyone, you've got a bloody head, uh, a hold, you know, like a, what do you call it, cordless bloody phone. It's going to go flat, mate. And that's what they do. They go flat. So hope you're enjoying the show so far. I'm just going to give Jay a little call on the phone and then next my bloody phone will go flat. You watch this. So that was the two girls discussing what it was like to be in a band together. Let's give Jay a call. I'm so sorry. I knew that had happened. <laughs> no, because it was getting really low and I thought, I wonder if I can put it on the receiver and then it'll charge and I can still talk. That's all right. Off. Live shows, mate. That's what happens. <laughs> Fucking hell. Love so it. I'm on the mobile now. Yeah. Absolutely. Are we still live? We are still live, yeah. You can hey, go for it, honey. Fantastic. So we've just uh, played no. uh, Carol and Christine discussing that they're two girls in a band. Wonderful, yeah. Which is very cool Find because the takeaways, mm. the, the the band in the show, that they were quite like uh, Eurogliders. I think I've mentioned that before. Yeah, it, it, yeah, similar sort of, I don't know, style and and feeling. I don't they know. sort of remind me a little bit of. Um, oh, look! There were so many bands in the eighties that had female bass players, like I'm Talking, Do Re yep. Me. It was just something that was becoming the norm. It's it's amazing because yeah. you can't find a bass player fucking anywhere now. But in the eighties, no, there were a million of them, you know. Oh well, according to the show, you can just uh, you know pick up a bass and start. You know, that's Woo-hoo! right. Fucking or a crazy plane <laughs> of Fairlight. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 not easy playing bass. I don't know why everybody thinks it's easy to play bass. It's just this. Just as difficult as as uh, any any other instrument, I think. I think people think it's like a bit of a dumb shit instrument, where it's like, uh, yeah, we'll get them playing bass, you know. But a yeah. good a good bassist can bloody completely change the sound of your band. Yeah. You know, I remember when um, my old bassist Luke joined Ten Thousand, and he like the instant he started playing with us, he made our band better. Like it just locked everything in, and like. He got the job, you know, after the first song. It was just incredible. So, Well, that's right. Yeah, and they've got to have an incredible feel. 
Yeah. And if they've got a great feel. I remember Timor's a funk player and he did a school concert I worked on for the, yeah. the music school and he was playing Motley Crue. And I turned ah. around and said to myself, because I like to talk to myself, if he can pull <laughs> off this Motley Crue track, I'm going to hire I'll him. I'll pull him off. I'll pull yeah. him off. Um, if he pulls this off, I'll <laughs> pull him He would have been off, like 21. And anyway, um, <laughs> he played this Motley Crue perfect. track perfect and yeah. I went, yep, yeah, you've got to be in Rewind 80s because we did rock and pop, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fucking no, incredible. Yeah, he's a, he's a great, but great I think Arky well. was a fantastic character and so was his brother Nick. Nick's a legend. Oh, um, what's his name? Nick. Um, he's been in a lot of shit. Oh, a lot of stuff. He might yeah, have been yeah. in Heartbreak but, High as well. He was um he was on bloody um um uh, what is it? His name's uh, uh, George George Spartle. That's as, right. As, uh, Nick. Yeah. Nick, the brother. Um, um, yeah, George's elder brother. But he was on he was on play school as well. He was he a play was. school. Yeah, for years, for years and years. <laughs> See, that's so funny was, because you would have to have such a strong personality to be on Facebook, but then a really thick skin to not be fucking on play school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you'd go to a party yeah. and they'd be like, "Oh, do you want a little sausage, you little fucking idiot?" You know, they'd be talking to you like that, and <laughs> you'd be like, "Fuck, why did I take this job on play school, man? I'm fucking Mate, freaking out." Yeah, see, within the industry, within within um, you know people the TV industry, like whether you're a musician or an actor or presenter or whatever, if you've got a gig on play school, that's like respect, you know? Like it's it's actually a really difficult, well sought after job. Um, but, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you're sort of following the footsteps of people like Noni Hazelhurst and John Hamblin and, and those mm. guys are Don Spencer and, you know, those guys are like legends. They're like yeah. icons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially Noni. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so like getting a, a modelling job for Target. It may sound daggy, but the fucking contract you're on when you're working for Target is pretty damn Absolutely. good. You know what and I mean? Your face is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. And people forget you yeah. so easily because it's a perfect job. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, couple, uh, one more little stat. Yeah. Uh, David Rain would actually win. Best new talent at the Logies in nineteen eighty five for this, and it would start his music career. It would sorry, it would start his uh, you know the rest of his career. He, he was was huge after that. Um, he would do like you know a little bit of acting. He released some music as well. He was in the Chantuzies for a little while. Yeah. Um, what other um, acting things did he do? He, oh, he was in Flying Doctors for a little while. He was in na- he did a guestie on Neighbours. Um, but uh, like as a as a presenter, he um, he hosted Midday with Tracy Grimshaw. Yeah, he did, he did Getaway too. for like over ten years. Yeah, remember he was on Getaway. Now that's Getaway. another job. That's another job that you would like. Fucking I thought I'd um, do a bit of Getaway. Yeah, yeah. He did it from ninety two to two thousand and six. So. He would have been, you know, he would have been like young and hot when he started, and like an old bastard when he finished. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because there uh, you go. And he was, um, he co-hosted um, uh, the night, like a morning show as well with Kim Watson um, after he after he did Getaway for a few years as well. He did that for three years. 
But yeah. um, he's, he's um, I think he's on radio now, I believe. Wow. But bloody awesome career, like great career. Yeah, no, well, that's right. Um, and if you keep, it's just resilience, isn't it? Just keep going and keep going and getting these opportunities. And But I just couldn't believe the amount of industry that was on this show. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, we were just too young. I mean, we would have been right in there, you know what? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was, uh, so I reckon, you know, if, if we have any sort of younger creatives listening, they should invest in a show like this. Go and watch, go and watch Sweet and Sour, get a feeling of it and, um, you know, write something around this. I, I've actually And ring us pilot. and we'll fucking take our tops off. <laughs> That's right. I've, I've written a pilot for a, for a music show, which is, would be something similar like this. We need to look um, at that, definitely. Yes, we do, definitely. It's um, um, I've always wanted to do it, and, and Sweet and Sour was one of the biggest inspirations. ABC tried it again mm-hmm. uh, in the noughties with a show called iRock. Oh. Like a small I and a large R, like iRock, like iPad. Yeah, it's right. It's a bad title. Oh, yeah, It's bad. a bad title. Um, and I mean, they did Is one if a 40-year-old's going to watch that, you know, with a title fucking yeah, like, exactly. yeah. We're all yeah, 40, yeah. 50. We don't fucking yeah, that shit. Yeah, it, It's more of a, it sounds like a brand rather than a fucking cool show, you mm. know. Mm. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, so I reckon high time that somebody sort of does something like this again, definitely. They should re-release it. I mean, I know they're not going to sell it because someone did say, why don't they sell it? But ABC just put it online and, and hope that everyone watches it, which it is. The whole series is online. So if you're from America or the UK, get into it. We loved it as kids. It changed our worlds. Now, I know it's on um, – I'm not sure if it's on like ABC iView or not. I don't know. I, I would sort of encourage people to go – and buy it if you can and get it in like high high definition, especially if it's been released on D V D. I'm no, not sure. Not, I mean you been. can watch it on can watch it on YouTube, but yeah. but um, I don't think you know, it's on Ivy, babe, because I would have been watching it. Ah, uh, yeah, right. And and, okay. and and I know that they didn't put out the DVDs. Uh, right. well fuck it. You can watch it on yeah, YouTube, can't I, you? Look, yeah, I'll yeah. double check that, but I'm pretty sure I went. Jesus, I have to look at the '80s sort of styling, but um, yeah, it's yeah. still they'd be making a shitload off YouTube if it's sponsored, I guess. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which is cool, yeah, but right. I know that they did not want to put it out. Um, yeah. One of the other tracks that I really love on the the soundtrack, um, I'm not sure if it was on the soundtrack, but it, it's an extra. Was a song mm-hmm. called um, "Pop Stars and Politicians." Ah. Do you remember it? And it was just sort of in one of the scenes and I just want to give it a whirl now for people to listen to oh, it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think it was very early in the series, I think. Can't remember Maybe? now. I can't remember. Cause this, mm. is, this is the beauty about the show is that you could watch it. I've watched it twice through and I still could yeah. not tell you where everything is, you know. <laughs> so have a yeah. listen to this one.
It's a little bit B-52s. Yes, yeah. Which so are like? Pop stars and politicians, yeah. That's, that's written by um, uh, Joanna Piggott, Liz Munro. Oh, see, I would have dug yeah, Joanna Piggott. Yeah, fucking awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know. Really cool. That whole. With um, Deb, Deb Conway on Lee Bokes. And, and that was actually, they released the second soundtrack. So they released a. That's uh, right, the two. black cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, awesome track, that one. Really cool. Absolutely. Very good. Well, we've nice been one. we've been gone for over an hour, honey. So That's I didn't great, I didn't put it? any commercials or any one dick wonders this week because I couldn't fucking find them. That's fine. And well, I think you I'm know what? Well, let's talk about we'll sweet and sour because everyone wants to hear about it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But we should wrap it up, it. and and then the next show you'll be back in Melbourne. That's right. Can't wait. Back in the band room. Now, um, do we want to mention any gigs coming up? You did a great job on the ads, the Aubrey gig. The Aubrey gig. Hey, we can actually, Very. if you'd Very like to, we, we could uh, we, we mention. Can do a, we can do a gig guide. Gig guide. Yeah. It's, it's special. It's special. That's right. One day we'll write that. Look, I do have the other gig here, so let's give that a whirl. Lovely. It's on Like Donkey Kong, Rewind 80s Play Live, Saturday, March the 6th, 2021 at the Wedge Theatre in Seoul, Victoria. We kick off our mixed tape tour with all the greaties from the 80s. Tickets available now. For more info and ticket link, visit thewedge.com.au. Get yours before they go-go. Woo! There you go. Fucking fantastic. Very good. Very exciting to have few little gigs on the horizon oh, as, as things open up again. And it's just yeah. exciting to talk about sweet and sour. I was excited for two weeks. I was like, yeah. what am I going to do with myself, you know? Yeah, very cool, very cool. I've loved it. Really great sort of little slice of life in Australia and in 1984, and really, even, really Yeah, even the Melbourne stuff that they film in St Kilda at the gigs and stuff very cute and you see a lot of the old buildings yeah. and, oh, yeah, you know, right. I've booked a motel for my band and didn't have two rooms. We all had to sleep yeah. in the one room. Like that's happened to me before <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, that's happened. I can't, you know, and that, that was only because I fucked up somehow. This was in the early days. And we're all sitting on the ground and lying on the ground and it was scorching hot. Like we, we used to sleep on the side of the road at fucking truck wow. stops in, in, in the van. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I, used to, um, I used to have a ute and we would all fit in my ute and then we'd chuck all the equipment in the back and um, when, when we're driving and when we'd pull up, um, which we chuck all the equipment under under the ute because it was like a high base ute. Yeah, right. We chuck it under the ute. I would sleep in the back tray. Um, usually, another dude would sleep in the back tray as well, mm. and um, the others would sleep in the cab. And I would, so that I wouldn't get bitten by mosquitoes, I'd wrap myself up like a fucking mummy with like <laughs> a like a hat over my face with yeah. a shirt wrapped around my heart. Yeah. And um, all my, all my like my hands and my so that I didn't have like any exposed skin, and I'd be wrapped up like a fucking mummy. Oh, because aerogard sucks when you put on too much of that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's fucked yeah. up. So there you go, fucking band life. <laughs> band life, mate. But where did we start? Sweet and sour. 
That's right, mate. Great to talk to you about it. And yeah. It's great to um, hear your voice again. I'll be back next week and can't wait. Absolutely. So uh, thank you yeah. for listening today, groovers and shakers and movers or whoever. Yeah. Um, Good on you guys. Thank you most of all to our Patreons who support us and mm. subscribers. You can become a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. We have several tiers of subscri- uh, Patreon subscription that kids you can jump on board with. The $10 one gets you extra episodes, of course. And um, please, if you like the show, if you listen to the show, please like, share, subscribe, rate and review. Become a subscriber on as many platforms as you can and follow us so you get regular updates as to what we're doing. And um, give us a bloody review, you know, give us a lovely sort of five-star review and write us a little comment, you know, that always helps sort of get the word out there and um, especially as we, as, as gigs and uh, gig venues are opening up again, please get people on this show, you know, invite your friends so that they can listen and hear about all the cool gigs that are happening as things uh, open up and hopefully we'll see you at a Rewind 80s gig live. Absolutely. And Albury, tickets go on sale this Friday and they're $38 That's early bird special. Uh, all my cousins are coming. Oh, really? That's fantastic. Yeah. All that my Aubrey awesome. cousins are coming. Christos is having his birthday there. Really? So That's, they will be I think they sent me something on Instagram actually. Might have been. It's all, all ages. Yeah, it's all ages. You can bring your kids. Um, everyone can come. Everyone and we're going to be on our kids. best behaviour. We will. We'll have the corporate hat on. That's right. But we're funny though still but we just have to make sure we don't swear. My cat, I'm looking yeah. at him at the moment and he's humping the fucking zebra skin uh, pillow in front of the, me. The zebra skin. Yeah, you know the zebra skin. The, the Deborah skin, like the Deborah like skin. Conway. That was Deborah. Yeah, Maddie used to go out with her, and I made pillows That's out Deborah of her. Deborah the zebra. <laughs> Deborah the zebra. Well, he's he's he shagging yeah. fucking Deborah the zebra. Uh, oh, good on you, babe. Crazy. I'm, All right, I'm honey. Up. Well, we'll see you very soon. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. This is Jay Jones live from Cairns. This is Sammy Hart on live from the band room and you're listening (laughs) listening to to the the 80s 80s montage montage. because if it's it's music maybe for cool shit shit from the the 80s, 80s, we're going to talk about it. Unreal. See you next week. See you.